Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And today we have a good friend of ours, someone who we spent a lot of time with, touring and just show swapping and all around just helping each other further what we're trying to do as we, we get into a little bit in this episode. And that is our good friend Taylor James. Yeah, Taylor's hard at work. He's a solo artist, touring around sometimes with just an acoustic guitar, sometimes with a full band, always with a full rock show going on. So it was really good to catch up with him and hear about what's new. Yeah, that's, that's the thing about Taylor. He gets it done. You know, it doesn't matter if he's going to go out there alone, if he's going to go out there with a group. He, he gets it done. He shows up and he puts his heart into every performance. Yeah, and we actually toured with Taylor in our band, The Stash. Me, Chris, and Sweet T have a band that uh, we're actually really passionate about as well that we'd really appreciate if you checked it out on all social medias it's the stash ny and on youtube and spotify just the stash dude we're super passionate about it like probably my most passionate project right yeah aside from this podcast oh yeah this is like number one (laughs) well with that being said if you guys would go and check that out that'd be greatly appreciated that's at the stash ny anywhere that matters yeah and obviously thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast which is my number one passion project we really appreciate all the support and uh please like subscribe comment follow wherever you're listening to podcasts and on all of our uh social medias at talking podcast no g t-a-l-k-i-n podcast we'd really appreciate it yeah and this is my number two passion project so if you guys could really go ahead and like subscribe comment whatever service uh allows you to do whatever interaction tool they have that would really just go a long ways for my number two passion project thanks guys and uh right after this here's side effects by taylor james And that was a little snippet of side effects, and we're here with the man himself, Taylor James. What's up, dude? Hey, guys. What's up? Dude, you know, not much, man. Just here chatting with you for the first time in a while, actually. For the, Yeah, the first time in a while. It has been a minute. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I really, this feels good. It's it's good yeah, to talk to you again, It feels right. <laughs> for for no, everyone, you know, listening, a, it, 
No, I'm sorry. Please, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to hear from both of you guys again because it's been it's been a while. So I love it. Yeah, definitely. We miss you. I miss uh, hearing you behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like a little backstory. Um, before we were officially the Stash, Andrew played in my band when it was Christian Evanko and the Stash, and we did a tour with Taylor two summers ago now. Uh, yeah, it was summer of 2017. Wow, the world was just such a different place back then. It really was. It really was. Things it was were warmer. So, it was warmer. You guys were loving the Florida weather. Dude. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, man. and this this lunatic Taylor James is walking around every state, whether it's forty degrees or ninety seven degrees, in long black jeans and a red flannel. I was <laughs> losing my mind seeing this dude, and no sweat. Dude. It's like he's an yeah. alien. <laughs> I mean, when you live in Florida, you learn you learn how to how to live with it. You know. True. Plus, I've heard you're you're from the only hill in Florida, so I'm sure it's hotter on the top of the hill. You know, heat rises yeah, and all that. Good old uh, Altamont Springs. It's like uh, what, like five feet above sea level. Whoa! I'm honestly really <laughs> glad you warned us before we pulled into your driveway because I don't. I was the one driving, and I don't know if I could have handled that if I just went into a blind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're driving in Florida, you're not expecting to drive on hills, so you're not driving like that. Yeah, I mean, not at all. But you know, when it when it's reverse, and I, you know, I'm going on tour in my stick shift car, uh, driving in your guys's hills, that was scary. True, and then you're uneasy when it gets flat, and you just want to drive 90 miles an hour for four <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, are you talking about the tour you did a few months prior when you stayed with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I when I first met you guys back in like I think it was May of 2017. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember we went down to the Poughkeepsie waterfront, and uh, it was your first time seeing water. <laughs> and I was like really glad I could be there. Yeah, people in Florida definitely don't get to the beach a lot. No, especially in Orlando area. Well, we don't get we don't get to to waterfronts where there's mountains and hills behind it. That's that's a, actually a, a rare occurrence. We just that's have true. springs and beaches. This <laughs> is true. You did take us to an awesome <laughs> beach, by the way. You brought us to a dog beach. What dog, you, you didn't what go with us, but you recommended it to us. Oh, I have it on my phone. I bet you I could find the name. Wait, where where was that? Uh, Florida, uh, dude. Come on. I'm not sure, but like <laughs> you, you, you literally like curated an amazing Florida experience for us, whether you remember that or not. I, I'm not sure if I remember the dog beach. I wasn't there, right? I just told you about it. No, you weren't there. You just told us about it. Damn. But you were like, dude, you got to go to this beach. And we're like, okay. Because we had some time to kill before the show, and you were still like, you, you hadn't joined the van yet. It was like the second day. So you were like sort of legging around in your car for those first yeah, few yeah, days. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, you were just like, hey, guys, have you got time to kill? Like, there's a pretty sweet beach. There's some dogs there. And we're like, that sounds incredible. Let's go. <laughs> and it was just like a really nice looking beach. Like it was super like low key and just just chill. And well, it was. Didn't we didn't we go to uh, the beach out in Melbourne together? Um, satellite yeah, beach. yeah yeah we did because that was right that was right before that was right before our show in, in melbourne yeah we had like an hour because of that yep. stupid meter system and it like kind of like blew our vibe and we wasted yeah, like yeah. 10 <laughs> minutes like changing and stuff that was the yeah, worst yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah the dog beach according to my phone it says it was geotagged at satellite beach oh okay yeah so that that must have been because that was right before i i got to melbourne so you guys went there before me yeah, yeah, we did, exactly. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. It was like an That's hour right. away from it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melbourne was cool. That was a good, that was a good, uh, that was a good day, man. And that, that, that spot is super cool. I saw you just played a show there not too, uh, too long ago. How was that? Yeah, yeah, I love that spot. Every, every single time I've been there, um, 
they freaking put on great shows and the bands like the locals out in Melbourne are always so fun to play with because they're so different and exciting and fun. So, um, you remember that? What was that band that we played with? Was it the Doonies? And they were like a surfer rock yes, band. Yes, do I ever, rock. dude? I still listen to them every few months. Dude, they were sick. Did they? Yeah, did they play so, the show? I was going to ask you. How were the Doonies? No, no, they they didn't play that show that I just played. Um, I'm okay. trying to think of who who else played. Um, crap, I can't remember off the top of my head. But no, they, uh, yeah, the Doonies, those guys were awesome. Fun fact about the Doonies in, in my personal life. Um, you know when Instagram, I think like a year and a half ago, you were able to start sharing Spotify, Spotify songs to your story? Yeah, yeah. The Doonies were the first band I shared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even kidding, that's I a remember. Hard, that's, a, that's a weird flex, but it's cool. Yeah, no, they're, they're a great band. I really enjoyed their music. And that was just such like, uh, it felt like we were in California and Florida. Yeah. It was such a cool little skate town. That was a very oh, enjoyable for sure. day. For sure. Well, I mean, the, the, the venue is cool, too. The Standard Collective, because it's, like yeah. it's like a t-shirt company. The guy, like, runs, uh, he, like, prints his own t-shirts there. Dude, I was, a, I was about to get a custom one, because he, like, had a lot of really cool ones, but none of them were in my size. And he's like, give me a graphic, I'll just make one. I was like, damn, let me look through my phone, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember at that point in the tour, Austin had been taking us to not the cheap spots to eat a little too much. So I was like, whoa, there's a week and a half left. Not going to be able to get a shirt right now. Yeah, I really wanted to. That Pinini place, right? Yeah, yeah, across the street, the bar. Among which, which yeah. kind of made me sick. It was so greasy, and I was like, "Oh, my stomach's killing me right now." It, which happens a tastes, lot on tour. It, oh my yeah, God. it tastes great, but it does not leave you with good feelings afterwards. No. Did you go there the other night when you played, or? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, that's cool. It's How really do you the not? only. It's the only place that's close by that is actually like decent food. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've only Florida been there once, but I'll take your word. For I don't it. think Florida is known for their good food, is if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, I mean, you guys probably have better food up there, but I mean, we do have some some good spots down here. Well, I mean, here. I don't know if you've heard of it. We have this pretty pretty sweet spot. It's called Taco Bell. Pretty dang. Oh, Taco. Oh, yeah. It's classic. 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 Anyways, Taylor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you you so so obviously we're talking about all the things you do with your music, and you're you're oh you're fairly busy as an artist, but before we dive into where you're at now, why don't you take us back to the beginning? Where did Taylor James first pick up a guitar? Uh, the drumsticks, probably, right? When was your first time just getting inspired by music? Take, take us yeah. back. Um, okay, we'll go, we'll go to the, be- the very beginning. Uh, my, first show, my first show ever was actually Boys to Men when Dude, I was five years old. What? Yeah, I was uh I lived in Seattle with my family and um my my family took us to go see Boys to Men. It was my first concert ever and I loved them. Um I don't know how I went from Boys to Men to loving like post hardcore and metalcore, but over the years I got into freaking In Sync <laughs> and um, all the all the other boy bands. Like those were like really like probably my biggest inspiration is like NSYNC, Justin Timberlake, stuff like that. But I mean Backstreet Boys were probably the one of the first times that I heard like a pop hook backed up yeah. with like quote unquote real instruments because they like to do that thing. And it was pretty yeah. sweet. Um but yeah, going into like where I actually started with music, uh it was probably when I was like fifteen. That's when I started playing drums. And, um, I was actually just a drummer and a singer for bands for years. Um, 
let's think. Uh, my first band was a band. It was a Christian metalcore band called Adonai. Yo, link me to that. Yeah, I will. It sounds it amazing. Was, Is yeah, the MySpace was, still intact? Uh, well, MySpace just recently took down all the all the music. Oh yeah, I thought I MySpace did, I just closed their that. servers. I thought they just deleted. Yeah, they, so hold on. It, it it's it's on Bandcamp though. Oh, it's cool. on. Uh, yeah, I think it's adonifl.bandcamp.com, something like that. And so it's still up there. Okay, you'll have to uh, send me a link, and we'll put it in the episode description <laughs> okay. for anyone who wants to hear it. No, I'm being serious. Oh, we'll do Lord. that. Lord, gosh, that is that is throwback. That that's literally over ten years old now. Um. So yeah, yeah you're in then, Adonai, and so, you're, you're getting your yeah. first taste of performing and whatnot. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. No. And everybody in in the Orlando scene still jokes to me to this day that uh, Adonai had like five last shows <laughs> because we were we were that band that had like a good draw, and we just didn't want to give it up, even though that we were giving it up. So. We just we kept doing last shows. We'd say, "Oh no, this is our final show," and then we'd play another one. <laughs> now, was it that every show was like just another final show? Or was it like, "All right, come back show the last one." All right, we're getting back yeah. together for one more show. <laughs> no, originally our our guitarist got accepted into Berklee College of Music, and so um, oh, he was going to be moving. Yeah, no, he he graduated from there, and he's he's phenomenal. But um he uh he was going to be moving to to Boston so we had a, a a final show for him to like be like his send off show so everybody came out and that was an awesome show and then we got some new members a new bassist and a new guitarist after a while and then we played some shows for a couple more months and then we had like a final show because we were like actually breaking up and everybody was um splitting apart and our vocalist was going to end up moving to Japan where he lives now and um Whoa. yeah yeah he has a he has a family over there and everything i'm I'm freaking proud of him uh gil if you're listening to this i love you and i love your family gil if you're uh, listening to this i also love you yeah and thanks for listening <laughs> yeah thanks yeah. man from japan that's sick <laughs> from yeah from we japan. love our fans konnichiwa yeah <laughs> yeah so gil yes. yeah what about gil uh what about gil so, oh, talk Gil's, more about gil dude <laughs> the fans want to know um well a little a little about gil uh, <laughs> every so every year when when we were in a band together he was a little older than us he's like uh five years four or five years older than me and you're still about what 15 16 at this point in time uh i was 17 18 okay um, gotcha. so he was like he was around 22 i think when when the band broke up um so yeah, he uh, he was doing homestays in Japan for a while. Like every year, he would go stay there for a month, and then vice versa. They would bring students um, from Japan over here, and they would stay at his home for a month. And so he was just in love with the culture and everything. And then when the the only thing that was actually keeping him here um, from actually moving there was the band. And then he said, once the band decided to break up, he was like, "It's time. It's time to make the big the big jump across the sea." And he's he's been there ever since. Now he's a he's a teacher, and uh, he's a science teacher, and he has a, a family um, with a couple of kids, and a beautiful family. And yeah, he's happily married. Wow! Thank you so much for sharing all that information about Gil. I, I know, I know. Like we're talking about we're talking about him on this podcast, not about me. So that that band. Well, now we're gonna get back to you, Taylor. So so that band sort of parts ways. You guys you guys gave it your best shot, but obviously life got in the way. But that didn't stop you. So so what do you do next from there? 
Um, so after that, I, you know, I was, I was into metalcore, but I was actually really into, uh, post hardcore music and, um, even just hardcore, uh, influences. I, uh, the guitarist that had joined Ad and I at the end, him and I started working on a new project, which originally we called it messengers, um, which, <laughs> Funny story, we had to change the name because there was another band called Messengers that had the rights to it. So Shocking. Uh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um but we were like a we were just like a straight up hardcore, almost like a comeback kid style band. And we put out a couple EPs, uh, changed the name to Deviations, and after a couple years that just, you know, kind of dissolved because everybody wanted to do something different. Um, but I didn't want to give up. So it was after that band that I met Keith Jones, um, who was in the band Oceana and Decoder, um, which was named Lead Hands. Um, and he was starting up a new project since Lead Hands was disbanding. And um, that's about the time that Wolfspeak started. And that was around, I think, 2013. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, so Keith Jones, man, how did you end up meeting him? Because obviously he, he went on to do some cool stuff. I mean, I know that he, I used to listen to Decoder, that band made their way up to where we live in New York. So, you know, it's just that Florida scene, that strong Florida scene we've talked about on the show before, or give us a little yeah, backstory. I mean, so when I was in Deviations, we played, we played some shows with, um, Decoder when they were called Decoder. Um, so we played a couple shows with them, but I had never really personally known Keith. It's just, you know, everybody in Florida knows everybody and every band that they're in. So um, I knew of him. I was friends with him on Facebook. And it just so happened that <laughs> right when Deviations broke up, I saw him post, make a Facebook post saying that he had a new project that he was working on that needed a, needed a drummer. And I was like, and I just sent him a message. I was like, hey, this is my experience. This is what I worked on in the past. Um, this is the equipment that I have and like I'm dedicated 1,020%, you know? And so he, um, he called me up and we had like a, I felt like a three hour conversation. Keith loves to talk. Um, and he basically told me, he's just like, yeah, man. So I, I don't know if you know, but I was in the band Oceana and Decoder. I'm still under contract with Rise Records. So, you know, with this new project, we have, a lot of um we have a lot of ways to go with what we can do you know because once we release our first ep we have um like rise records has an option to pick it up and if not then they move along you know and they break his contract so i was like that sounds fucking awesome let's do it you know so i would commute to st pete um every weekend uh, every single weekend I would drive to St. Pete, which is about two and a half, sometimes three hours away, depending on traffic. And, um, I'd go there for, you know, Saturday and Sunday to spend with the guys and just write music and jam out and stuff. And then that's kind of how Wolfspeak started, you know? And how old were you about at this time? Um, 23, 24. Okay. Yeah. So, and was was this your first time really being a vocalist in the band or or had you sung in prior bands? No, no, actually, so every every band that I was in played drums. I actually sang in every single one of them. Um 
because, you know, like even in Adonai and deviations when it was like either post hardcore or, or metalcore, um, our front vocalist was primarily the screamer and I was doing backup vocals. I guess I was taking on that little Aaron Gillespie vibe from under oath because he was a huge inspiration. Yeah. The quote unquote clean, clean singing as the, yes. as that clean genre singing. loves to call it. <laughs> yes. The clean singing. I know a thing about that. <laughs> Suppose he's probably one of the goats of that genre of drumming and singing, you know, him, the guy from Atreyu. <laughs> yeah. Really think of any other ones. Oh, Aaron I Gillespie mean, you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, let's let's hear about that, man. Like you you bring up Aaron Gillespie. Like, what were some of your inspirations? But because the whole drummer singer thing is is sort of like a, uh, it's it's a newer thing in, in music. I, I would have to say I don't really know too many classic I, rock bands. Or, I can only think of three bands off the top of my head that had them, and one of them is Wolf Speak. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Beatles had Ringo, but he wasn't by any means yeah. the lead singer. Yeah, he did a few songs sing, here and know? there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, what, what inspired you to want to do something that is so physically taxing and add another element on top of it? Yeah. Honestly, I think it was, it was, um, it was something out of like, I, it was like a necessity. Like when we, when we started those bands, it was kind of like a, Hey, raise your hand. Who can sing in this band? And I was, I would be the only one, you know, cause nobody else was either confident enough or they felt like they didn't have a strong enough, uh, singing voice. Um, growing up, I always felt that I had a, a fairly strong singing voice because my whole family is musical and my, you know, my mom like loved when I would sing with her. Um, so I think in the first band I was like, because I was inspired so much by Aaron Gillespie, I was like, you know what, I'm going to just practice this. So I practiced playing at under oath songs. I would like, that's how I learned how to play drums is I would just practice under those songs and I would sing to them while I was doing it. And I was like, you know what, this is actually something that I feel like I could, you know, attempt to do. Um, with Adonai, it was actually kind of easy because I feel like the drum parts weren't as taxing while I was singing when it got to deviations, because we would try to do some more polyrhythmic stuff. It got kind of difficult. And then with Wolf speak, because that's like probably the most, um, exhausting music that I've ever played. Um, that was really hard. (laughs) Yeah, and in Wolf Speak, man, you're sort of not in the same register as you are with your solo stuff. It's it's a little higher, you know what I mean? It's it, to me listening to both of it, it felt like you're you're a little more in the upper areas of your register as opposed oh, yeah. to I mean, you know. Yeah, with most of the Wolf Speak stuff, I'm I'm usually belting it. I'm usually just like at the the top of my register, singing or yelling as as hard as I can. Besides, you know, actually having a moment to kind of take it back and sing a little in, in the lower register, you know? Yeah, I mean, as one does in that kind of music, because that's just sort of like what people expect, and it's just sort of how that genre has developed. Yeah, so like it makes high, sense. high energy, you know? Yeah, it, it, it totally makes sense. So so you do Wolf Speak, and then how do you get to where you are now with the solo stuff? Because <laughs> that first EP is almost like folk pop, in a sense. Yeah. And now yeah, it's transformed so, into something even completely different. But let's just yeah, take it yeah. step by step like we have been doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Um, so this all happened like, in the same like month. So, <laughs> And I mean, you guys kind of know the story a little bit because I talked about it while I was on tour with you guys. But, um, man, so I was... I was dating a girl. It always starts with a girl, doesn't it? Um, Has to, dude. We're, we're yeah. men. That's the only thing that gives us feelings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was dating a girl at the same time um, of Wolf Speak, having just put out like our second EP called In Light, and you know that that EP actually was doing pretty well. 
Um, but I'm seeing this girl and, oh man, man, I'm really opening up now. Um, <laughs> this is like a Dr. Phil session. Um, so I was dating this girl and we were together for, I don't know, like almost a year and we had just moved in together. Right. So, um, we only lived in that apartment for like two or three weeks when I had found out that she was cheating on me with her ex-boyfriend. And so, um, that same day, like I basically <laughs> had to pack up all my shit in my house and move out, break the lease. Uh, she, the guy came to my house, took her away and I was basically homeless for a couple weeks. Like I didn't really have anywhere to go. I just was kind of couch surfing, um, or, you know, sleeping on my friend's floors. Um, that was when I really, uh, picked up a guitar for the first time. Um, cause I had kind of noodled on it a little bit beforehand, but, um, that was the first time that I actually picked up an acoustic guitar and I sat. I sat there and I just wrote the first song. The first song that I wrote was I can live without you from my first EP, um, called the days after that. Uh, and me deciding to take it like a, a folk, you know, uh, kind of like the folk direction. I didn't really like openly decide that it was kind of just, uh, that's what came out of me when I was writing it. And, it was just, it was, it felt good because it was fresh. It was something completely different from what I've been doing in the past, like, you know, with the post hardcore drumming or metalcore drumming. Um, so I got to, I got to have like the, the freedom to be, you know, um, have that creative, that creative control over everything and take it whatever direction I wanted to. Right. And, you know, I can totally relate to that because I spent so much time and, and as did you, Andrew really didn't, but he, he knows I've talked Whoa, to him about right, this. Dude, enough. Don't act like you know me. <laughs> well, the scene, you know, like the scene is, is freeing in so many different ways, right? It's this open community. Everyone's friends. All the bands are so supportive. Like, you know, we did the DIY touring thing for so long, Taylor. We've seen small local towns and it's just like our own town when it's thriving. Everyone's going out to each other's shows, but like you really can't you got to stay within the mold. If you're a pop punk band, you really can't be getting too experimental. If you're a post hardcore band, well, you better have that high clean singer on the choruses and that really, you know, quote unquote, brutal breakdown. You know what I mean? Like that. So I found when I first became a solo artist, what first came out of me, like you just said, was so interesting at first. And like now two, two, three years later into being a solo artist or, you know, like not having a constraint on my music, like not fitting a mold. It's, it's completely changed, but what first comes out is, isn't it just so, it's, it's almost alarming in a sense where you're like, I'd never listen to folk music. How is this happening? You know what I mean? Like, because we were so, we were so kept in line by like that, that specific style, that, that, that arena of music that we were in, you know? Yeah. I was definitely thrown off when after Meridian, you came out with the folk stuff. Like it was really good. And I wasn't like, wow, this is bad. But I was just like, wait, what? Wasn't this the kid that was just in a, like drop, like a breakdown band? Yeah, no, I mean, I remember, like, I would see some old bandmates at, like, parties or gatherings, and they would, like, sort of throw shade at me, and I was like, dude, I don't even know what I'm making right now, it's just happening, you know, you know what I mean? So, I like, what you just said is, like, I've never been able to say it in that way, but you just, like, hit the nail on the head, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's weird, because, you know, at that time, I was just, like, I was writing all these songs, and I was like, man, this feels good, but I don't know if I even want to do anything with it, I wasn't, like planning to immediately get into the studio and it and it wasn't until it like i said this was like happening all at the same time uh wolf speak actually broke up that same month that i 
caught the girl cheating on me. And I think it was only like a, like we had released a music video or something like maybe a couple days before all this happened. And then weeks later we disbanded. And, um, then that was like, that was finally the moment where I was like, you know what? I need to go play a show, um, by myself to kind of get all these emotions out of me because I am pissed off and I'm sad and I'm depressed and all these other things. And I, um, went to a place called Austin's coffee and they had like an open mic night. I went up there and I just played two of my own songs and that was it. That was like my first show. It was just like, cause they had, you know, just small time limits just to kind of like play a few songs. So I went up there and I played, uh, I think it was my first two tracks on that EP, which is I can live without you. And, uh, you ruined us. I just played those two songs and, and after that, I was like, you know what? That felt great. I think that's what kind of like really kickstarted it, you know? No, totally, man. And what is this, like three, four years ago? Yeah, this was in, um, I think my first show was in 2000, like the very end of 2015. And and it's just incredible, like I was saying, like to see how your sound has even further changed. Like just take a look at side effects. You yeah. know, like that's not folk at all. To me, that's like post-rock. As, as the kids are calling it, you know, it's like that thricey, not, not Hawthorne Heights, but you borrow that similar like feel of like the very angsty, aggressive sort of like hard rock vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's just so funny to see that how, how people change and develop as like, cause I'm sure I haven't listened to your first few bands, but I'm sure that like all of your heavier bands, they're not too far outside of the realm. Like there is always artist progression within every genre, but I yeah. feel like this has got to be your most drastic progression you know it, just like looking oh, at the it, first ep to side effects alone i can understand that yeah it it definitely is i mean going from all all my past bands like in a way <laughs> i went from playing a, a melodic metalcore band to a hardcore band to a post-hardcore band and then folk and then now it's this post-rock sound that i don't even know what to call it i just it was just something that i made a conscious decision to change it up a little bit and kind of progress it forward in whatever way that I could, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, side effects is a dope song. Like when it dropped that chorus and just, first of all, the video is really cool. So good job Thank on you. the video. I really like Dude, the video. that video. That video was so hard to make. <laughs> I can imagine that was a lot of pills. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Dude. Also like, I don't know if you're allowed to tell me, but like, how do you get the pills to come out of the sink? Cause only water comes oh, out no, of my I sink. I can definitely tell you that was so what I did for that video that 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 video was actually just a project with my brother and me. So I told him my idea. This was actually this the whole pills coming out of the faucet was actually an idea that I had proposed to be a wolf speak video um, years before, but we never figured out how we could do it. So after Wolfspeak broke up, I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to do this video for a long time. It, it definitely suits the story for what I'm trying to portray. And so I, I went online and I ordered 10,000 pill casings. Um, and Sketchy. when, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, after this video, like I shit you not, it's like over well over a year that we shot this. There's still, we'll still find pills randomly, like in, cracks in like the floor like underneath the sink just <laughs> like random was that just, places was that just at your house you filmed it 
Yeah, yeah. It was at my. It was actually at my mom's house because right. she had just redone her bathroom. So I was like, "Wow, this actually the bathroom's nice." Like, hey, mom, cool. you want to show off your bathroom to a few thousand people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she was she was upset because we were we were taking up the bathroom for like a couple days. <laughs> um, but yeah, to get it to get all the pills to come out of the faucet was the hardest thing that we had to do. We um we took a, an air compressor. And I got a hose. I basically jerry-rigged it to where we took the sink apart and we put the hose all the way through the faucet. So it kind of makes sense. But uh, off the screen, while my brother is filming me, um, I had my nephew standing there holding the nozzle for the air compressor. And so we had to fill the tube with pills and he'd be sitting there um, uh, pushing the button on the air compressor so it would shoot out the pills, and we had to tell him that you know my nephew's young. We had to tell him we're like, hey, you have to make sure that you that you put the right amount of pressure on this, or else it, they they either go too fast, they don't go at all because they get stuck, or it just like it's the perfect right amount. So it was it was really tough. The and then of course that sucked because every time we took we did one shot, we had to reset the whole thing. <laughs> so yeah that sounds like, awful watch watch the video again and and just think that every single time that the camera moves a different angle with pills in in a shot we had to literally sweep up all the pills reset do it over again and then we would shoot it like 10 times so it took hours of just resetting and when we did like the band shots they were all so pissed off because i'm sitting there <laughs> with a with a box full of pills, throwing it at them. And then, <laughs> and then we would do one take and then I would sweep it all up, which would take five minutes and then sweep it all up and then do it all over again, just throwing pills at their face. Jeez. So it's actually like watching, like doing the behind the scenes was actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Cause like filming a regular music video without having pills thrown at me, sometimes I'm like, geez, how many more takes do we need to do? So yeah. I can't even imagine like doing those takes while having things thrown at me and then also needing like five minutes at least of cleanup in between each shot. I'd freaking it, lose my mind. Exactly. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, totally. I would need some so real much. pills after that one. Right after, right after we filmed that, my brother and I were like, okay, this was a cool idea, but we're never doing this ever again. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're glad that that's over. One thing you just uh, you just touched upon, though, you touched upon the word band, and I know we've been hinting at the fact that you're a solo artist. So for for a lot of our listeners, maybe they don't, maybe they're not too familiar with your, your music currently. They are now. They heard the snippet in the beginning of the episode, but you know, you you you're not the traditional sound that people think when they hear solo artists. They probably think guy with a guitar. You know, maybe there's like a violin or some light percussion. Yeah, but or like an electronic very, artist or something. Right, but you very much come out rocking. And me and Andrew were yeah. actually talking about this in the car ride to the studio today. Yes. Why don't you choose to play as a band? Is it just that you've been let down so many times in the past? Or did you just, when you started the project, not see it turning into what it is now? Like, like you know what I mean? So, like, let us know yeah, that choice yeah, yeah. because it's... Well, I, I definitely think it was a little bit... Of, it was a little of both, um... But mostly, I think it was because of being let down from previous bands. Um, in, in a lot of my past bands, I was, you know, a member that was dedicated, you know, constantly, like always wanting to keep it going, even when other people were ready to leave or ready to break up. And it was actually at the end of Wolf Speak when that when that happened, right at the same time as my bad breakup. I was like. The way that the way that everything kind of hit the fan, like how they broke broke it off to me, I was like, you know what? Like I, I'm done getting fucked over. You know, I'm I'm sick of you know um, me getting ousted for for not doing anything and losing you know everything that I put into it. So um, 
yeah, it was it was just a conscious decision to go by my own name, just Taylor James. And I the the decision for me was, you know, I did want it to be full band stuff. I always wanted to have a full band backing behind me, but I didn't necessarily want to go by a band name because it felt like, you know, anybody's expendable at any time, you know? Um, so yeah, it was just, it was a decision just to, you know, be by my own name. Cause I was like, you know what, if I, if I fuck up, I can't, I can't screw myself over, you know? I mean, I probably could, but it's not like I can kick my own, my, my own self out of my own band, you know? Right. I had that thought. I had that thought. You have to learn how to let people back in, I think is a very important part because to be completely honest with you, um, especially as you start to gain some traction, you know, as, as we both know, like, like having a little more success in the DIY avenue, getting better shows through those networks, it becomes a lot to handle by yourself. Yeah. But I mean, if, if I can pull the curtain back a little bit, you know, you did have a hard time on our tour. You tried to find a band to come out with us, but you didn't. You ended up doing the run solo. So yeah. how's that been? Like, do you have steady faces now that are always there or has it always just been sort of a revolving door for you? Um, it's been a little bit of both. At, at first, it was definitely a revolving door because, uh, you know, I went on tour uh, last summer with uh, a band called Like Father and uh, I did have a full band out with me on that tour and those guys did a great job, you know. Um, but when we got back from the tour, we all have our separate bands too. So we all, you know, like it's, it's not that I've played with those guys again. Cause I haven't, you know? Um, but I did have like, there's a couple members that are, are definitely stable. Like my guitarist who was the guitarist of Ad and I, um, his name's Colin. Um, he, he's the one that went to Berkeley college of music after he graduated. He's, he's moved since moved back to Florida and he is like a dedicated member in my band. He's always been my lead guitarist and I'll have him play guitar for me for as long as I can. Cause I love that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, no, congrats on that. Yeah. Yeah. But for other members, you know, like I have, I have a drummer and a bassist right now, um, which kind of rounds out the full band. But, um, as for like, if they're going to be able to tour with me, I'm not entirely sure right now. It's just, when it comes to that point, when talking about tour, that's when it, it gets to the point where I start asking people if they're able to come with me, you know? Right. Uh, because obviously, you know, you, you do well for yourself, especially in the whole DIY circuit. Like, the, you know, the shows you booked on our run, they did, for the most part, they were some of the better shows. Yeah. But, yeah. You, you know, it's like D DIY money might as well be no money. So, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's got to be hard to find people who are just willing to come out for the experience. Especially yeah. as we're all getting older, like taking off from their jobs and stuff. You know what I mean? It, it, it's definitely it's definitely hard to do that. Um, that's how, that's why I think I was so fortunate with the last tour because um, one of the one of the guys, the other guitarists that played with me, he did want to just come out just for the experience. And I told him straight up, I was like, "Hey, you don't have to worry about gas or like the actual financials behind it. All I all I need from you is just to play, and I'll make sure that you know you get some money, you know, for food or whatever if you need it. You know." So he was cool with that. And there are some people out there that are super willing to help. Um, you remember uh, the first tour that I did, the girl Charlene that came with me, she, she, just wanted, she just wanted to come for the experience. That's all that she wanted. She didn't want anything else. She was like, you know what? I'm, I just want to go on tour. That's it. And that was awesome. You know, It was super helpful for me because she helped make sure that you know, my merch table was, was run and she you know, uh, networked out to people and stuff like that. So it was, it was a good time. Um, and I mean, in turn, yeah. I like to think that she got something out of it too, because now she just announced the other day, a tour of her own. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, she definitely did. I mean, cause that was her, that was her like first time going out on tour. And I think she definitely got a taste of how everything goes, especially when you're doing it DIY. And, um, I even told her like how I book my shows and, you know, like the best way to go about that. And then I even let her on some of the shows cause she's a singer herself. Um, on some of the shows she was able to, to play with me for some of the shows. Yeah. I remember, uh, the night that I met you, you, you guys played at a pizza place by where we live in New York. And I think one of the bands left one of their instruments at home or something. So they just left. So yeah. there was like a big yeah. spot in the middle. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah, were like, yeah, Taylor, yeah. you could play more songs. You're like, all right. And then you're like, well, Charlene, you want to play a couple songs? She's like, yeah, yeah all right. And then yeah, everyone just like it. took turns playing acoustic. Yeah, it was really cool. I don't want to put anyone on blast because it's semi-embarrassing. But one of the band's bass players did forget their bass. Yeah. So they had to, <laughs> and they knew that if they drove back from Yonkers and then up there, not getting paid to play the show, and they just wouldn't have made it in time. So Charlene, <laughs> and everyone can look her up at Charlene Joan. Check out her music. Pretty awesome solo artist. She she was cool enough to, because uh, I was helping book that show with Mikey, our drummer, in the stash. Yeah. And uh, so... Um, you know, she was cool enough to fill the spot and the show must go on type vibe. You know what yeah, I mean? I, no, I, I remember, I remember being on stage and you guys were like, uh, Hey, you want to play more songs? And I was like, I mean, I could, but I do have Charlene Joan right here. Why? <laughs> and I like on the microphone, Hey, do you want to come up here and play? <laughs> and then she didn't. Yeah. She and everyone it. there loved it. Yeah. yeah everyone there yeah. ended up really liking it. Yeah. I remember that. That was, uh, that, and that's the thing about DIY touring that, you know, obviously it's, you're doing it yourself. It's definitely not as professional, although you should always try. You got to go with the flow. You got to go with the flow. That's Thank you. That's why I have a co-host, because that would have not come out as simple and as elegant as, as, elegant it's, as it just did. It's kind, it's kind of like with a DIY show, you can plan and you can plan and like it seems like you have everything planned out, but something is going to happen that makes you have to figure something out on the fly. Right. And like that's just how DIY goes. Every day oh, there true. will be something new. It's something. Yep. Every what? single day. I don't yep. know if I've ever been to a DIY show that went off without any hitches. Like, there's no, there's no, I don't know if you could tell me that there was a show like that that ever existed. Um, I mean, there was, I won't believe on you. My, <laughs> I, I, <was> a, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like, my first tour with, with Charlene, actually, everything went like pretty much to a T. Like, I didn't have any shows that, that dropped, you know, or anything like that. Um, and, but I mean, like things like where you know up in Poughkeepsie, where the the bassist forgot his bass. Of course, that's like a little thing. Yeah. But it's not like you know, like I was actually really happy that on my first tour by myself, that um, everybody that you know booked a show for me was like, yeah, the show's still going great. Like, let's do it. You know. Taylor. Yeah. So hold, I got something. Close. Oh yeah, hold Andrew, on. please. So sorry, for sorry. that that first tour, when you that was a solo tour, were you um. With, on the tour that you did with us, you had like a loop station and stuff going. Were you doing that on the first tour? I don't remember at that. No, show. I was not. The first tour, it was just an acoustic guitar and my voice. That was right. it. So then um, I know that yeah. second tour, you said you originally wanted to do it with a band. Was it like, were you originally going to do that looping stuff with the band also? Or was that kind of no. like, well, I'm not going to have a band and I kind of want it to be a bit more full than last time. So let's figure something out. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah, it was originally I was supposed to have a band and um, the people, uh, the drummer that had um, said that he was going to come out with me last minute couldn't. So I was like, okay, I can either do the tour the same way that I did it, you know, a month and a half ago, or I figure out something new. And I had I have this loop station, I usually just use it to kind of demo out ideas at home. But I was like, you know what, I think I can actually do something with this. And that's when I started sitting down with, you know, uh, re 
kind of reworking some of my first songs to fit in like the leads and stuff into them. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool. Cause like it's, it was weird to, I mean, I knew that you were going to have a band and then didn't because I was in the same van as you, but I think that people who came to the show would not have known that you had originally planned to play with the band because it seemed like a pretty full performance. Like there was the loop that kept, you know, more than just the guitar. You were telling a story occasionally and you even had like this cool little, I mean, I don't want to call it a gimmick because it really didn't do anything for your performance, but like you had these cards that went along with just like the theme of your performance that I just thought oh, was yeah. so cool. Yeah. Oh, you like those? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Chris has one with him in his wallet. Wait, the uh, the give this to your ex card? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, let's let's introduce a new segment, but Andrew kind of just ruined that. I was going to say, what's in my hand right now, Taylor? Oh, <laughs> that's a good segment. <laughs> I, I pulled it out of my wallet. Oh. It's, it hasn't left my wallet since, oh, um, since the tour. I wish Dude, I'd that's so funny. So that's for so everyone, funny. everyone needs to know what I'm looking at. Just your your standard business card. Same shape, same size, same same texture, same material, same everything. Yeah, you felt one before, I'm sure. And, and in like... Type six font, Times New Roman, real small font in the middle of the card. uh, That's actually pretty accurate. I think it was like type six. It was was very small. Yeah, I would be surprised if it was much bigger than six or seven. I'm like halfway through a Photoshop class on YouTube. Trust me, I know the deal. (laughs) (laughs) And the uh, the front says hashtag give this to your ex, all one word, and then you flip it over on the back, and in all lowercase letters it says you suck. Period. (laughs) That's hilarious. I remember you gave that to me the first time, and I was just. So completely taken back because it's like, sure, I would hate, I, I don't know what it's like to have what you've been through happen, but you just came off as the most positive, yeah. nicest guy who yeah, was, was able to persevere yeah. through this situation. Yeah, and that he, card he tells is this just whole so... story about, you know, oh, this, that, and the other thing it was so hard, but you can still get through it because I'm yeah, through yeah. it. But also, you suck. That card yeah, is just so, so bitter and aggressive. So like, can you, can you walk us also through the like thought kinda, process? But it's also not like super mean. It's just like, hey, this hurt me and you suck for it. Like, no, it's yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just need to know what inspired you creating that. Man, so that that card literally was, it was a joke that I, I tweeted about. I just, <laughs> I was sitting there one day and I was like, man, it would be so funny if I just had these business cards that was so simple and it just said, you suck. Like, that's it. I, it was like, it was a stupid idea. And, or, I mean, I guess it's a great idea, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, tweet, I tweeted about it and I was just like, I, I literally, I think I, I tweeted and I was just like, Hey, I think, I think I need to make business cards that just say, give this to your ex. And then in small, fine print, it just says, you suck. And the first reply was just say, do it. And, and I, I shit you not right after I did that. I sent him a picture of the order. I was like, well, I just ordered a thousand of them. So let's do it. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll tweet it out to from the, um, the, the podcast pages uh, when this episode comes out so everyone yeah. can see it. That's at Talking Pod, anywhere social medias can be found. Talking Podcast. But, but yeah, man, so like, is, is that still a part of your merch table? Is that sort of a phase or? Um, yeah, so can we I expect have... to see a different themed business card on every Taylor James tour? <laughs> well, actually, that was something that I was going to do. So, you know, yeah, the, the Give This to Your Ex cards, they were, you know, funny or whatever. But um, I did actually get some backlash from them, too, because oh, it sure. doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily promote positivity. And that's not really what my message was for. It was something that was supposed to be like a fun little thing. And it was like most of the time I would just give it to out to people at shows. And it was also a way to get people to go to my merch table. I would just tell them like, hey, 
I have these cards on my table that say this. It's a funny little thing. You can go over there. They're free. Just go grab them. And everybody, like, while I'm playing, everybody would just swarm over to the tables to grab the cards, you know? Um, so it was kind of just like a, a little fun little thing. And I have sold out of them since. I have not reprinted them because, uh, I mean, I didn't know if I ever should. But I don't think I did you have should. I think it's like a collector's I, item now. Well, yeah. it's, it was so weird because your message was so persevere. Yeah, get through. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, put it in the past and move forward, and then you have that, and I'm like, whoa, that's like crazy. I mean, what? that's yeah. it, it's human. That was super human and real. Yeah, it just it definitely, like you said, like you don't know if you should make more. It kind of threw me off. Well, that's what no, I'm saying. I mean, it's like I thought it was just like really and, funny. And, and if you really didn't smart. drive with us throughout the whole tour, we probably would have spoken about it as a band. What's up with those cards? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I mean, see, like I, like I said, like when I when I first uh, got them and I started posting about them, you know, there was people that loved them. There's a lot of people that loved them, but then I did get backlash from them too, and and I had to tell people that that what would give me backlash was like, hey, I'm honestly, I'm not a negative person. Like I'm a positive person. I'm happy. I'm happy that I've gotten through this. And my whole message during my set is about positivity after getting through something so detrimental in your life. But. Um, you know, I, I do have ideas for having new cards that do have a more positive message for the future and for, you know, when I go out on tour with my new my new music. Good. Yeah. That's, and that's I mean, a beautiful thing, man. And honestly, in your defense, uh, I could be remembering it wrong, but I'm pretty sure you never really said like, hey, find your ex and give them this card. It was I feel like it was more of like a therapeutic thing, like you had it. And it was more like a visual, just like, yeah, you suck. And like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, like I would never, yeah. I, like, you know, I don't have perfect ex-girlfriends, but I wouldn't tr- fucking find them out oh, and tra- mean, like track them down and be like, oh, finally glad I caught up to you. Here's a card. You know, See and, you and never you, again. <laughs> you guys have seen my set a thousand times. So you know that I, I even said at the end of my set, I'd be like, hey, you know, I know that I have these songs that are bashing this girl. But I would never, if I was to ever see her again, I would never tell her to her face that she sucks or that I hate her or that what she did to me was the worst thing ever. All that I would do is I would I would tell her, thank you. Thank you for, for giving me the tools to get me out on stage and make me, like, basically lighting a fire underneath my ass to go out on tour and meet you guys and do all these other cool things. Like, before this, I would I would never have had the confidence to be a solo artist and that's that that's like literally just what it is you know she she gave that to me and i'm happy for it i you know it's years later and i'm i'm so happy with my life you know right you know i've actually been in like a really good place and not that i've never ever been in super down in the dumps but there's definitely been dark times and i think recently since i've started to like learn to love everything that's happened to me up until now, even the bad stuff, you know, you, you can say what you just said, it feels good. And you kind of need to be able to reflect back on it to grow. And I think that that shows in your new music. Um, and I think, you know, we, we are running a little short on time here. So how about we just go into where people can expect to see you? This episode is going to be coming out on, uh, I believe, let's check right here. I think it's April 29th, Taylor. And that's just two weeks before your new album's going to drop. So we do have a little exclusive for the podcast. Yeah. A little snippet of some new material. But but what are your plans with this new release going forward? And, and how can people see and hear you this year? Yeah. Um, so I have a new album coming out this year. Uh, it's called Before I Die Alone, I Will Be Complete. Um, I'm releasing it in two parts. Um, so the first part, which is coming out on May 14th, is called Before I Die Alone. 
which is five songs and the second half I will be complete will be uh, released later this year, which will have six songs on it. So 11 songs total. Um, yeah, I, uh, this album going forward is, uh, something that I wanted to progress on. Um, it is actually a continuation of the first EP going forward. So the first song on the album is side effects, which that song is literally about the side effects of loving somebody that's not good for you. Um, and everything like how they basically haunt your life. Um, so that song is, um, a continuation of my first EP, the days after, and then going forward, uh, the rest of the album is about everything that I want to try to fix in my life before I die, whether it be internal issues like anxiety, um, uh, another song, which is the title track before I die alone is about feeling like I'm losing time on, uh, pursuing my dreams. And it's a, it's a song that's a message to my parents. Um, and then there's other songs on there, uh, that actually, which will be on the very end of the album called, uh, where can I rest my head tonight, which is about, um, my friends who have committed suicide this past year. Um, so that song is specifically for anybody that is going through, uh, either the death of a friend from suicide or somebody that's struggling with severe, uh, depression that has suicidal thoughts. Um, so it's the whole album as a whole is actually about progressing, uh, for the future, for the better, trying to fix all these things in my life, uh, to where I feel complete at the end of it. You know, it's about the journey of, um, finally finding some solace in yourself, you know? Yeah. And, and, and good on you, man. I think that that's a, a really cool, beautiful thing. And I look forward to seeing how people react to, uh, these new songs. I personally really like them. Is, are there you. any, are there any tours or anything booked, any shows you have planned or? Um, so my, my EP release is May 14th in Orlando, Florida, uh, at Will's pub. Um, but after that I do, I have been working on some tours for the summer and later this year when I release the full album. So you can expect something probably later this year with, um, right after I release the EP and then, um, you'll expect some more tours like up the East coast, hopefully seeing you beautiful boys in New York. Yeah. I was going to uh, say, I hope you make your way up here. That'd yeah. be great. And uh, I, I would love to, that's, that's actually a goal is to, is to make it back up to you guys to see you guys. Well, hey man, you know, I, if you need anything, just let us know. Yeah. So, I highly, of course. everyone listening, I highly recommend that you go to a Taylor James show. Cause he brings it, whether it's just him and an acoustic guitar or a full band, he brings it. And if you like, poppy folk music or post hardcore rock music it kind of has a little bit of everything in there and it's honestly a great performance yeah and, and with that being said taylor we want to thank you so much for being a part of the show thank you um of course let's never forget the time you plunged headfirst into a lake in the wilderness of taylor grills <laughs> long live taylor grills and, and with that being oh, said man. taylor thank you so much for being on the show mm. 